0: There's been a lot of talk lately about the topic of the importance of baseball games, specifically certain games versus other games versus you know the regular season, World Baseball Classic, yada yada. I'm sure you've heard some of the chatter. And it's really got me thinking about you know, my own situation, I guess, of sorts, and the importance of baseball games. And it, One of my all-time favorite quotes to keep things in perspective, I've already referenced it on the show. We've only had about six episodes, though. Episode 7 is long overdue, and I understand that. We're getting there. Sam Miller on the Effectively Wild podcast, once just off the cuff, talking about the importance of playoff systems and whether we should be worried about whether things are fair or not, off the cuff rolled this wild and depressing and incredible quote, known now as the slog to rigor mortis quote, And he said, the point of this entire enterprise is to entertain us with baseball games. The point of it is not to decide who is the best team. The illusion that that is what we're doing has long been a powerful draw to sports, but is ultimately not the point. There is no scenario where the universe will care or remember who the best team was out of this collection of collections. It only matters in as much as we create this illusion that it matters. If you lose even the illusion, then it becomes problematic. But the point is not to have the illusion, the point is to entertain people and make them forget that we are all dying right in front of each other. That this is just this horrible, rotten slog to rigor mortis that we are going to lose everybody we know, that we are going to lose everything that we have. And the only way to distract ourselves is by separating our day into distractions. Which is one way to look at things, You know, I'm not sure we all share the viewpoint, but it is a reminder of nothing else. You know, what is this? Is this important? I say this because obviously it's been a little while. It's been like two episodes or two months since I've dropped an episode. And I think it's worth sort of giving some background on why before we jump ahead. And I'll I'll say, you know, if you're not interested in personal life talk, well, I will put a timestamp down there. I respect that, by the way. I respect the hell out of that. I'm not here for you. No, I get that. It's never been about me. Um, it's about weird baseball. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you want to skip ahead, I'll drop a timestamp in the description so you can go right ahead and do that and not even feel bad for a second about it. Uh, I would probably do the same. Um, but it's been a little while and for background, I mean, I posted a little bit about it on Twitter, but I don't get into specifics cause ew, that's weird. It's Twitter. Um, uh, but occasionally, you know, talking about baseball more, the rule is that talking about baseball is awesome. I love it. That's why we're doing this, right? The exception is it feels very dumb at times. And um, specifically, you know, the situation as of a couple months ago, I, there was a little bit of a bra- bit of a break uh, before posting another episode because I was working on something. I got something cooking. Still do. Still do. But uh, just holding it for a second. Um, but uh, my mom, who is awesome, <laughs> she's Uh, very much like me and very much not like me, which I think is my favorite type of person. Uh, Just really embracing the two extremes of not being like somebody and being very much like them. Um, But one of my favorite people in the whole world, obviously she's mom. Um, And her husband, uh, who I've recently heard described as my stepdad, which feels strange because never once in my life have I thought of him as my stepdad, I don't know. It just is like, yeah, he's my mom's husband, What? It, I, maybe because, you know, he came into my life while I was an adult, so you don't really think of that. You're never going to, I won't call him dad, even if there's a fire to reference stepbrothers. Um, it's felt strange, but I guess yeah, the other typical way to phrase that would be my stepfather. Um, they've been together for like eight years, something like that, probably. I don't know, don't quiz me. Um, and they've married for about two. And, you know, living. They got a business, um, furniture business and like retro barware, all sorts of cool stuff. Um, living in the house that uh, I grew up in for a a big chunk of my childhood. And um, we see them. They're a lot of fun, lots of, like, funny parties. Like, I love a weird party. I love, like, we're having an Easter party with a bunch of our friends the day before Easter, doing an Easter egg hunt in our woods, which is going to be a garbage fire, and I'm thrilled about it. Uh, But that kind of weird party thing is really embraced through the energy that they bring to things and uh, socialization as some, like, extroverts slash introverted extroverts. So... Anyway, um, but yeah, they've been together, partners in crime for several years now. And uh, my mom is not a, uh, definitely not the extrovert of the crew. So, you know, they do everything together. Um, the business, she does also work full time beyond the business, but you know, they, the business is in house, she's working remote. So they are just together all the time. And, um, you know, in short, uh, a couple months ago, uh, the two of them went to sleep, and um, unfortunately, only one of them woke up. Um, so my mom is okay, but Paul uh, has, he hung on long enough for his four daughters to make it to his bedside and say goodbye, and we were all at peace, you know. It's not right, but it was good. And uh, we say goodbye, and we figured out now what? Uh, you know, specifically for my mom, but for his daughters and, you know, for all of us. And throughout that process, it, it just felt very dumb, you know, a week in, of just in the hospital every day, just about and all day and coming home and then getting on the computer to do baseball stuff felt weird and while my wife is there with me and all day talking about the value of time and the value of every moment. And then being like, all right, cool, I'm going to look at Division Two baseball reference pages You know, (laughs) Uh, so I get some Frontier League projections going. It just felt very odd. So, yeah, things went on hold for a little bit. And we we thought a little bit about, you know, I thought, I guess, a little bit about what is this and what do I want to do? But in the end, you know, life is short. You should be with the people you love and you should also do the things you love. And uh, that's why we're here. Gonna keep doing the thing because you got to do the thing. It's awesome. Baseball's the best, man. If the World Baseball Classic toss, nothing else. It's that baseball's the best. So you got to enjoy it. You got to love it. You got to talk about it. And tour around the country in random small towns watching indie ball and hanging out with random people you meet along the way. And uh, that's the plan. Yeah. But, yeah. His name was Paul Duffy. I'll put it in the description in the link to his obituary because I've always felt, you know, maybe it's a personal thing for me, my biggest thing about, you know, when I'm gone. Is I I do worry, you know, about being forgotten. That's an ego thing. I'm aware of this. But I guess from my perspective, I've always felt the nicest thing and the kindest thing you can do for somebody when they're gone is to tell their people about them, especially those of us that are most worth telling about uh, to other people, because he was definitely a unique individual and a funny one and um, larger than life in the most cliched way and um, hilarious. Somebody who, And talk about, you know, getting back into baseball stuff, who just dove into his passions, like houses full of vinyls and used to do like uh, creative directing for big things like concerts and shows and tours of big artists. So just dove into it. And I think that's, you know, who he was. And then part of that also comes in the conversation of like, what do I do from here? And wanting to do this and return to doing the things that make me happy and diving straight into it. So, yeah. In short, though, people were very supportive, and I, and I appreciate the patience and the support with you know, us dealing with stuff and figuring out what things look like and sort of situating ourselves back into a routine. Of course, when all this was said and done, I had a lot of work to catch up on, like in the real world, in my big boy job. So handled it, got caught up eventually, and now we're here. So thank you. Um, the plan for the show is to ease back in. We're just going to hit the general news, the headline news from the past couple months. Uh, we're going to do, you know there's a couple episodes that i messed with over the past month or so so beyond this episode i got a couple things that i'm excited about uh the projections i've done a lot of because a lot of late nights so doing some projection work over time felt about right especially once everyone's asleep in the house so projections and season previews should be very fun they're coming together great also got some very like typical like YouTube y things coming out like ranking logos and uniforms and stuff like that and maybe doing like best promotions coming up this year so keep an eye out for stuff like that if you like stuff like that and we're just sort of you know <laughs> inventing com- content over the last month we are one month and two days away from uh, landing the opening day so that's kind of the vibe so yeah it should be a lot of fun I'm excited about what's coming next but first and foremost I really just do appreciate it um, yeah. The support and being around with people. Being able to hop on Twitter and talk baseball for a while like life is normal. That's very cool. So, thank you. Baseball's great. Baseball people are great. Before I jump in, last thing. You know what to do here. If you want to follow, follow. If you think I deserve a follow, follow. Whatever. Um, I don't take it personally. If not, uh, we're on all the major uh, podcast platforms. We. Mostly I. Uh, I'm on Instagram. YouTube. What else? Twitter. Indie Ball Nation on all those. So yeah, choose a follow, shoot, shoot a subscribe or whatever, or don't, it's okay. Life is short. Uh, my life, you know, isn't wrapped up in the follower count, so we're fine. Uh, but you know, if you're like me and you forget stuff and obviously you go, oh, I have like five episodes or something to watch, it's nice to have the reminder. So yeah, there you go. With that said, welcome back to Indie Ball Nation. All right. And with that depressing intro and the music out of the way, let's talk about this, by the way. Gotta give a shout out to the boy. Uh the intro and the outro, both done by Bryce Hensley. Bryce now has an album out, his first full length album, Redneck Reasons. Go check that out. It's on uh BryceHensley.com. He's also got some merch there. Go check him out on socials. Go check him out on, on like music streaming platform of your choice. But go support Bryce. He is pitching for high point rockers, I assume, again this year. Haven't deep dived their roster yet. It's one of the last few on my list for the Atlantic League. But yeah. Bryce is such a dude, Uh, you know, getting in trouble for wearing a cowboy hat in the dugout. All the vibes. So Indie Ball, such a guy. He's like always my example of one of the best things in Indie Ball is you can have, you know, construction worker, country musician, pitcher as the headline on your, I guess, LinkedIn. I don't think he has a LinkedIn. I, I wouldn't think so. But maybe he does. Maybe I am shortchanging the troubadour there. but. I have a gut feeling that uh, Hensley does not have a LinkedIn for himself. All right, let's get into it here, guys. Let's look at some league news. Let's pick it up. It's been weird. It's been depressing. And then we'll be promoting music. So it's this has been a ride, again, very on brand for Andy Ball Nation. So I'm okay with the way this come back here. So hopping in league news, looking just big picture. There's a lot that's happened. We're not going into transactions. There will be plenty of time for that. And I'm already halfway through a bunch of those episodes. Don't worry. Um, though, I will say, if you're trying to get some roster updates, um, check it out on my page I've been putting out. Uh, right now, I'm in a run of all the Frontier League roster updates uh, based on what I can tell. Not all the transactions are overly public. There's always like behind-the-scenes stuff, like guys who are under contract with their minor league camp right now, so you're not really sure where they fall, things like that. So just generally what I've got as who's under contract is kind of what's going out on Twitter right now. That is for the Frontier League. Starting tomorrow, I'll probably start working some American Association out there. And, um, yeah, the ALPB I have been working on, but I, it's no point in publicizing anything because we've talked about this before. I can see the transactions they make, but they don't publicize who they're keeping on the protected list from last year. So I don't typically know exactly who's on the roster at any given time. It's such a headache, but I've talked about that play. I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, but yeah, we're going 30,000 foot view on this thing. We'll do a lot of deep diving and transactions and team previews and season previews coming up, hoping to do, uh. Season previews for leagues and maybe cut season previews for teams up into like individual TikToks out of that YouTube video. Yeah, we're talking TikTok because I don't know. Apparently, that's what you're supposed to do. Whatever, don't care. Um, we'll start first with the American Association. Not much report at a league level. The one thing that really stuck out was the Kansas City Monarchs who extended a manager, Joe Califapietra. Pietra. Oh, I'm always bad on that one. It doesn't matter how many times I say it. Extended through 2025 though, and. I think most everyone would agree that's a good move. Uh, he's the two-time American Association Manager of the Year. In his five seasons with Kansas City, he has assembled a 311 and 188 record. That is a 623 winning percentage. Guys, says, disgusting. He took Kansas City to the league title in 2021 and 2018. He also won the Northeast League title back with the New Jersey Jackals. Throw back to the Northeast League. That was in 2004. So... That I it was a throwback for me. I it was like, oh, the, you know, must have been back in the Can-Am days. No, 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 no. We're talking New Jersey Jackals Northeast League days. So that's definitely the throwback there. Moving to the Atlantic League, I told you it wasn't much in the American right now. We do have some brand conversations to have because it's the Lexington counterclocks. What are we do? What are we doing? What are we? What are we doing? Um, I got a lot of uh, okay. I'm going to try to be careful on this because there was a lot of negativity around it. It was very toxic, but like I'm negative on the name for reasons. I allow negativity thrown my way for being negative. And in the whole situation, there's a lot of people feeling negative about it. So there's a lot of negative going on, which is tough. Um, okay. So let's talk about it. Um, okay. Lexington counterclocks. What is good about it? Okay. It's not okay. It's not a bad name. going to tell you. I don't think it's a bad name. Not a bad concept. Um, there could be a very fun logo in there. Now, if you've seen the logo, it's not very good and I'm sorry. And I think as a concept, it's not bad, but on quality, it's not good, which is so weird. And The best way I can describe it is if you're acquainted with the Pecos league logos, where there's so many cool things that could be like, um, the Emerald or not the, the Austin weirdos with their like, the, the hippie thing. But then they, they crank out like a tie dye logo of tie dye a, or, um, What's the other one? Oh God, there's there's a few of them that get me. It's like, it basically just looks like they went clip art route. And you're like, this could have been so cool. Why did you do this? And I felt like that. I felt like they went cheap on that. And I get not I want to do the whole brandiose thing, but also like this is a weird direction to take things. Um, so that was the first thing that stood out. Now the second why I'm not thrilled about it personally, which is not about me, but whatever. Uh, you're here, so I'll talk personally because that's all I can really speak to right now. Uh, As someone who has extensive experience with Lexington now and their market, I know the fan base there very well. I know I've gotten the reports from their sort of town hall style meetings that they did for the team uh, recently. There doesn't seem to have been any hunger for a rebrand. I think people actually like the Legends brand. Of the Indie Ball brands, I think it was one of the strongest out there. That's my opinion. I don't have any backing on that, but I've always believed like I saw where the merch sales went. You'd sell stuff into Europe and stuff like that because it had that mustache logo that really played well. Um, there was so much you could do. It was very identifiable. I think huge swing and a miss to drop the Legends and the mustache branding. I just think it's such a mistake. Um, the main logo probably could use, I think they should have gone just to the mustache logo for a while, um, but that's a different conversation entirely. I just didn't like the original the uh, Legends logo. It's almost like a... Uh, it, I want to say it's like a home plate shape um, it, like except the flat part of home plate like the what would be the consider the front kind of goes up further and that was just the shape of it that was a terrible description Ryan but um, the point is I didn't really like that one but I think the logo itself or the brand itself was very strong I think it was a mistake and for all we know it could have been a contract issue but the vibe that I've been getting and from talking to a lot of people around it and knowing a lot about the situation already the rebrand wasn't necessarily to show – well, it was partially to show, you know, hey, we're a new thing. Because if you have been out of the loop, Lexington's a bad vibe. Andy Shea left that place, and they left, he left it in a bad way and owing a lot of people money, a lot of businesses money, and putting a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And last year and the year before even it was a kind of a garbage fire for fans. They're pretty much over it because going back to 2019, it was – they were in minor leagues, but, you know, operations weren't very good. And then 2020, they were gone. Uh, there was COVID. 2021, they were, you know, into the Atlantic League because they got dropped from the minors because the the stadium's not great. The facilities aren't good. The operations weren't good. Um, the operations, I mean, of like the front office. And um, now, you know, it wasn't a very good product for the fans. And here we are, new ownership, whatever. And I think ownership got in there and realized just what a mess they had inherited. One, I think with ticket sales, which I'm sure aren't great. Not going to say I know anything or don't know anything because we're not going to confirm things right now, but I suspect they're not good. And then beyond that, I think a lot of businesses in the Lexington area do not want to be associated with this team anymore. Not associated with them, not in business with them. Uh, there was a lot of promises that were typically made that were not delivered on, a lot of bills that went unpaid. And I think this is a way of the team trying to change um, the face that they give to a lot of these corporate and like sponsor partners as well as, you know, the fans. But the thing is, I, I don't think they said that we listened to the fans, but if you look at it, I mean, the fans across the board said that no one was asking for a rebrand, um, and nobody really was asking for anything other than just be treated better and given a better product. Uh, they have also announced uh, subsequently some renovations to the stadium. Don't know the detail on that, very limited details. are just like some sketches, uh, essentially, like some gra- like uh, digital, I guess, mock-ups. So we'll keep an eye on that. And I'm hoping for good things. It's a good market. I think to have the Lexington market is an important thing for uh, for baseball in general. But that is why I, I didn't like it. it. It just felt desperate. It felt thrown together. There wasn't like a teaser. There wasn't like a, oh, we're going to rebrand. Oh, my gosh. Like, here we go, countdown. It was just like, oh, we're doing something next week. And then it was, boom, here's a new team identity. It just didn't. Like, even though there's still Lexington Legends on a lot of social media, it just it didn't feel um, thought out, which is frustrating and that's where I get annoyed with it because I does just feel like a rebrand for the sake of the rebrand because, oh, God, we have to do something to change the bottom line and not just something that we're trying to do for the fans, which is where things the fans have already eaten a lot of a lot of crap in that market. So it's frustrating. Moving beyond that, we have the Frederick Baseball Club and their plan. Um We've been waiting for a Frederick Baseball Club name. It was sort of dropped to me a little while ago that we will not be getting a Frederick Baseball Club name until mid-season. Now, Chuck Domino's over there. I've talked about that in the past. He was with Charleston for a while. Uh, Charleston, uh, they just rolled out. They were the West Virginia Power mid-season, mid header switched to the Charleston Dirty Birds, which is cool. Um, I think he kind of saw that and was like, there's something there. So they will be doing a mid-season announcement of their new name. And I, it is expected to be because they will be staying in the Atlantic League moving forward. Uh, it's not official, but there's the general expectation there. This team is not to be temporary. It is to be a permanent uh, fixture within the league and within Frederick um, as they move in the direction of Atlantic League Baseball, which good for them. That's a good market. I think that's a good win for everybody at this rate. Um, but they will be – they announced the five candidates for, like, potential new names. I don't remember what these are. They were all kind of weird, but, like, that's fine. Whatever. My league, like, any ball. Cool. Um they will just be wearing jerseys and they're already selling merch, where, which is like just question marks on it, which is kind of vibey. It's kind of dumb. It's kitschy for sure. But I think Mark Minakazi, manager Mark Minikazi is bought in. I think he'll be able to help the players buy in, which will help the vibe of the whole thing for an office seems kind of bought in. I think Frederick is happy to have a higher quality baseball moving in than the draft league, which they've had, which has been up and down to say the least. So I think it's good. Um, question mark jerseys are choice for sure but i think it's cool i think it's going to confuse people and i think that's great so that's that on that i I'll, i live in reading pa um that is where chuck domino really showed out with the reading phillies now the reading and phils so i will uh, i've worked with him a little bit i've talked to him a bunch i will always trust what he is thinking so um always impressed with what he's got going on so that's that on that. Uh, lastly, the Atlantic League. They have been rolling out a silver anniversary team for the league's 25th anniversary season. So far, they have named lefty pitcher Mike Guilfoyle, righty pitchers Tim Kane, Lincoln Michelson, uh, and Jim Edward. The third name always gets me on that one. That's just who I am as a human being. Um, outfielder Glenn Murray, third baseman Jeff Nettles, and utility man and DH Ray Navarro. Uh, they also just announced Josh Presley. Uh, to the team from Somerset and Sugarland. We'll probably dig into that a little bit more. I've been cooking up a similar list that I'll probably will roll out at some point as well. Uh, But I'll hold off on doing that. Honestly, I put together thinking the Atlantic League wouldn't because the Atlantic League, I don't, they, they, the bar is low. We'll say it that way Um, for how they do things uh, along the social media and like, I don't know, publicity lines. So the bar is low, but I do think, uh, so I figured I would just do it and now they did it. And I'm like, cool. And I want to put mine out there, but I don't want to make it like mine is like, a critique of theirs because it's not the energy so i'm just gonna hold it for a second but i'll call this a pleasant surprise and we'll just uh, drop that 25th anniversary team at some point uh, and when i probably forget some content or make a video like oh this sucks and we'll do the 25th anniversary thing how about that um moving to the pioneer league the grand junction jackalopes hired uh, chris Nabenshu. yeah i got that one i felt good about it it's got the kn like knob lock and i kind of knew i had to use that as a jumping off point uh, while Nevenchu has no coaching experience, he does have scouting experience. This is a unique situation. You've been paying attention to the Grand Junction. Uh, again, they just won a title um, and then they rebranded the Lobes. Great name. Uh, but manager James Frisbee, he just went to the Washington Nationals MLB coaching staff. So Nevenchu pretty much has a ready-made roster already for himself, which is going to help the transition, which is good because with somebody with his background, he knows the game. He's got good connections, but you know, roster building is a different skill. So being able to kind of ease into this uh you know the challenge of building a roster is really easy if you you jump in at the maintaining a roster portion you know to start the season and then you can kind of learn the ins and outs you learn how the transactions work and all that and then you can start building from scratch in the off season. and not from scratch you can bring back a lot of guys but you know what i mean it's a lot easier to be given a roster figure out how the rosters work and then have to like manage an off season of roster maintenance than it is to just be You're a new manager. Good luck, my guy. And and then you're just in it. So I think it's a good setup for him. I I don't know much about him, but I think, you know, no red flags. We'll say that. Um, Out of the Pioneer League, into the Frontier League, Schaumburg announced Jamie Bennett, the only manager in franchise history, would unsurprisingly return for his 11th season. In his 10 years, Bennett's posted a 5-16 and 4-42 record. He's led Schaumburg to five play. It's impressive. I didn't really realize this. I know Schaumburg's good all the time, but like 10 seasons, five playoff berths, Four league titles, most recently in 2021. Gross, out of boy, Jamie Bennett. Yeah, get at it. Um, so bringing him back, great call. I think nobody has any issues with that. And there you go. That's your news from the Big Four. Um, I will take a quick detour. I already mentioned the World Baseball Classic a little bit in my intro, um, but before hitting these the three other leagues here, I do want to mention that I posted on social media about uh, the World Baseball Classic players with any ball experience. You can check that list out. It has almost everybody. A couple leagues were tough to track uh, with their alum. Uh, the Empire League specifically, but a couple others were difficult. Like I could check, like there's some Pecos guys that made it, which is a vibe. But um, yeah, you can check that out on the social media stuff. But the lead here is that 75% of the World Baseball Classic teams that played had at least one player with indie ball experience. The average clubhouse had more than four players with indie ball experience, and those players made up over 13% of the tournament's player pool. So over 13% of the player pool had some sort of any ball experience. Now, were a lot of them Chinese players who came over to play for the Texas Air Hogs when they had their deal back in the day? Yeah. Did that go well? No, and not for Texas and not for China. But it's neither here nor there. Um, and, and then, so not only was, I guess my point is, keep in mind, A lot of the World Baseball Classic. That tournament that we all just went, that was awesome. This was great, high-quality baseball, a lot of fun. 13%. That was ball. So don't let anybody talk bad on ball, huh? How about it? A friend of the show, also a shout-out, 2023 Gastonia Honey Hunter, Todd Van Steensel, struck out Shohei Otani. Gross. Don't let anybody talk bad about ball, huh? We out here. Uh, Moving on to the other three leagues. USPBL, not much to report. The Pecos League. Uh, they confirmed league managers for 2023 there were a lot of opinions on this <laughs> i just shared it and everyone jumped in my dms about it i'm like i didn't sign these guys you know this right i need you to know this um here's what we got um confirmed managers for 2023 in the pacific division bakersfield train robbers have rally mercurio uh the martinez sturgeon have matthew Replinger. The Marysville Drakes have Bill Rogan. The Monterey Amberjacks have Jonathan Garza. San Rafael Pacifics have Austin Fitzpatrick. The Santa Rosa Scuba Divers have Trevor Wick. The Vallejo Seaweed have Christian Carmucci. And the Lancaster Barnstormers do not have a manager still, which is concerning. Hey, all right. Bring it in. You there? You got me? Yeah. Hey, check it out. Yeah, I said the Barnstormers. Not what I meant. All right. I said, meant to say Lancaster Soundbreakers. I had Barnstormers on my mind because they're right down there, and I just had some good stuff from an Amish bakery. So I was thinking about Lancaster, PA. All right, let it go. I meant the Soundbreakers. Don't jump down my throat on that one. I meant Lancaster, not Lancaster. All right, calm up. Get out of here. Bye. I've talked a little bit on like Lancaster and how like they've had a fall out west. Like they had a great minor league organization, and it's just it's a tough scene out there. That's what we're saying. Um Beyond that, I'm not going to start a Lancaster thing. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. we will focus on the positive Lancaster, which is in Pennsylvania. Um, in the Mountain Division, the Alpine Cowboys have Sean Persky. The Austin Weirdos have Nico O'Donnell. The Blackwell Flycatchers, great logo on them, by the way. I, I shaded Pecos League logos earlier, but Blackwell's got a good one. They have a Luke Poselovich. Garden City Wind have Garrett Toddy. The Roswell Invaders have Lance Myers. The Santa Fe Fuego have Tom Fitzpatrick. The Trinidad Triggers have Aaron Stubblefield, and the Tucson Saguaros have Sean McNeil. We'll be detailing these managers a little bit in the future during the Pecos League preview episode, uh, but for now we'll keep it moving, and Pecos League is on thin ice with me because I've just have not been impressed by what they have going on right now. And uh, Pecos League coverage, I would not be surprised if, uh, as this year wraps, that starts to fade into Yinzer League coverage, so keep an eye on that one. I'll probably have uh, Joe Torre on to talk about that at some point. Um to the Empire League. The League actually did have a good bit of news uh, over the last couple months. Ted Stenberg was named the River Pigs new manager. It appears to be his first pro manager job, but he does have a solid coaching resume. Uh, I believe he was sort of if I recall, I think he was all over like with some pretty legit teams. I, I shouldn't be sorry, that ends. I knew right there, I didn't write down I was gonna remember like what it was or where he was, but it is what it is. Uh, we'll, well <laughs> I'll talk about him again during the season preview. I promise I owe him one on that. The uh, the league's also announced their schedule June 9th this opening day the Malone Borderhounds will play their first game in franchise history at home against the Saranac Lake Surge on uh, June 9th. Unbeknownst to me, by the way, the Japan Islanders are staying in the league for 2023. I assume they wouldn't, but now, because they had four teams other than them, but no, nope, we're going to do five teams. All five teams will be playing 32 games between June 9th and July 19th. Um, outside of those leagues, that's kind of what I got for you guys. As I said, we're going to keep it pretty general. This episode's run a little long just for what it is, so I'll get in and out of the way. We'll do another episode this week talking on a little more detail on some things. Yeah. But what to look forward to. Honestly, lots of projections, lots of news, the stereotypical sort of list and ranking content that I was talking about. Um, some guests getting lined up and maybe even a guest host. I don't know. I'm working out. I'm I'm playing with the idea of possibly doing a guest host, but also means I need to like design more of like the background or redo how I do the filming. And I don't know. I don't know about that. If I'm going to do that. So, you know, um, We'll see. We'll see how much I like my guest host. <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Uh, but whatever else seems interesting as we count down to this, the start of the season here. Uh, feel free, by the way, suggest. I love topics. And a lot of the episodes mid season are going to be like news and then like a 15 to 20 minute long other topic. Uh, so feel free to suggest things, topics. Uh, in investigations, if you're getting serious about the journalism aspect here, whatever else you want to talk about in uh, DMs, comments, whatever. I try to follow up on everything. Uh, and basically, if it's feasible and able to be covered within the context of one of these shows, then I'm pretty much down for it. So feel free to do that. Um, you know, As I said earlier, I appreciate everybody that listens and watches. It's pretty cool to me. And you guys were so nice you know, while I was taking some time to get things together. So I'm happy to give that back and uh, you know try to follow up on as much as I can when it comes to some great content ideas you guys have. Beyond that, I got nothing else, y'all. So, I appreciate, you know, everything we got here with baseball and all those good things. I appreciate it even more than I might have, you know, a couple months ago. And again, thank you guys for bearing with me here. And, uh, yeah, I think we're back in the swing of it. Let's go. Indie Ball Nation, baby. Let's get weird. i have a good one. I may not have a lot, but I love what I got. A four x four and a good fishing spot. I hope this time my card won't decline.